Welcome to the Meet Your Mind podcast with me, Jessica Kelly. Thank you so much, Nick, for taking the time to come and jump on the Meet Your Mind online podcast. Uh, You are actually, in fact, my first guest in a real studio. So I hope you um, love that. And I'm also (laughs) very, very grateful so we have obviously known each other for quite some time. Um, maybe we have, we have. What is it, coming up to three years now? Absolutely, yeah. And we met in Thailand. I know, I know. Seems like such a lifetime ago, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. Um, and we've definitely been on a bit of a journey, especially being friends and talking about our own mental health journeys. And that's why I wanted you um, to come and speak on the podcast because, you know, you do a lot on Instagram and you are obviously a mental health advocate as well and I think it would be really great to kind of get your touch and input on what that means for you as you know as a person. Yeah no that makes sense um I I, you know you said I do a lot on Instagram um I don't do enough if I'm honest I have a little little bit written up in my bio but now when I think about it I haven't actually as an advocate I haven't actually done enough to advocate (laughs) so (laughs) yeah so this is quite timely it's quite fitting I've uh, recently sort of, you know, stopped stopped uh, playing games with all the sort of social media bullshit and I'm actually going to start using my platform to actually talk about things that matter and, um, you know, actually talk about mental health, not just highly edited pictures of myself, you know. So <laughs> it's good to be here. Yeah. It's good to chat. And, uh, yeah, like you say, we met in Thailand. Um, like I say, it must be about three years ago now. I know uh, I was telling you about some of the struggles I'd had. Mm. And um, since then, um, there's, you know, the struggles haven't gone away. I actually haven't done enough to address some of the issues or trauma which you know is relating to why I have you know form of depression so um but you know we have to start somewhere and uh, I'm making that step now which is uh, why I think you and I have been in contact a lot more recently absolutely and um on that topic of you know like running away and you know escapism what does that or what has that kind of looked like for you in you know in terms of, you know, mental health? So I think for me, like escapism is a big thing um, because when I'm going through bad times, when I'm upset, when I'm unhappy, when I'm going through a tough time in my life, whether it be personal life, professional yeah, life, but I have booked a flight and run away a few times. Yeah. Whether it's different parts of the country, different sides of the world, I always thought that travelling was what I wanted to do. When I, you know, don't get me wrong, I always wanted to see certain parts of the world and I wanted to travel. But I do realise that a lot of that was just wanting to just pack my bags and run. And, you know, I always end up back in the same place, pretty much. I I can't imagine the amount of places I've travelled and lived. Uh, It's quite funny. There's a bit of a running joke at my uh, jiu-jitsu team because I always have a leaving party because I'm always leaving somewhere. (laughs) And then I always end up back there and back to Watford, back to Hertfordshire. So, you know, I've tried running away so many times. I always end up back in the same place. Um, and it's, you know, it's only now that I actually look back and reflect, I realized that I was running, mm. not that I was doing it because I wanted to, you know, see the world. It was running away. Absolutely. And I feel like, um, like <laughs> what you're just saying there is literally the story of my life. And I've, they've got the same <laughs> running joke, um, at, at my old work, you know, I must've had about four or five leaving parties across, you know, across the last 10 years. And that's, again, I did the same thing. I, and as as lovely as that looks and you know people would look and at my Instagram or my Facebook and be like oh my god Jess you did this like amazing thing you went traveling and you saw the world and like 
the majority of the time I didn't really see like past four walls. You know, it was in Thailand or Australia, but I wasn't really, I wasn't experiencing this like idyllic travel experience because I was still stuck in my head and stuck in survival mode you That's know so relatable you know i don't actually think i've actually realized that until right this second now you've said that i look back now it's just that's just brought up so much emotion that i look at back at some of the places i've traveled mm. and how i used to live in those places and like you say i was still stuck in my own head and i was still in self-destruct um, mode destroying myself but just destroying myself in a different country <laughs> that's it that's literally it i um, look at some of people's like traveling experiences and i think why wasn't my experience like that don't get me wrong i had great times i made good memories but when i look at it on a whole of like how my mind was when i was doing those things my i didn't have the same sort of like a you know like you say idyllic traveling experience that you know I, obviously i show people what they want to see on instagram like that's mm. what i wanted to show people but now i think about it it was it was a pretty dark time in my life mm. Um, it was and, dark times, yeah. And I think it is, it it is dark because we're doing this thing where we we're not comfortable where we are at home. So we think, hey, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to jump on a plane because that obviously is going to solve all my problems. I'm going to get away from my current environment and I'm going to try and fix this whatever this looks like and then when we get there not only are we not fixing anything because we don't know what to fix but we're also not really like doing anything different yeah and then we're on our own like we're stuck on our own in another country with people that we don't know, no support network. And then we're right back where we started. Just it might be a little bit hotter. You know, yeah. <laughs> there's a few more. You're just depressed, but with a bit different culture. That's around you. It, yeah. yeah. And, um, and that's and I think that's like the thing that some people miss when, we, you know, when we do that. And I remember when I was um when I first went, um, but when I moved to Thailand and I um. I was sat, I put myself in a hostel in um, in Phuket and I wasn't drinking at the time and everyone was like, why are you going to a party hostel when you don't, when you don't drink? And I was like, you know, I'm just going to try and make some friends and, you know, see what, what this is about. And what I noticed when I was down having breakfast most mornings, but a few people gravitated to, to me and started talking to me, but none of those conversations were about like, hey, how are you? What are you doing? Like, yeah. oh my God, how, tell me all the amazing things that, are, that your life brings. It was like, yeah, so this shit's happening to me back at home. I've run away from here. I've broken up with my girlfriend. I have a shit relationship with my parents. I don't know what I'm doing with myself. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And I was like, whoa. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone is actually running away and and I think like that escapism can can tran like transmit into home as well you know like what you were saying around drinking drugs and you know partying like there's so many different forms of escapism and it's and we try and do this thing where we look whether it's outside of ourselves or to just not feel anything or try and feel better because I don't think anyone likes feeling shit do they like I know I certainly don't I've always known that I had suffered with depression and mental health problems but I don't think I ever really looked at the root or the why mm. um, I don't think I ever tried to actually assess what was making me feel that way okay. I think I just used to I, I'm not even gonna lie you know I think I was a bit of a mental health bandwagon okay. that I jumped on a little bit too much like like I said I put some bullshit in my bio on Instagram mm. but I never actually did the talking i never actually did the opening up asking the how the why what is the root of this and actually trying to deal with the problem 
you know, anyone can put mental health advocate in their bio on Instagram, but what are you actually trying to do to advocate it? What are you trying to do to look at what's causing you trauma and pain? Because like, you know, that pain is exactly what it is. Like, I've been in a lot of pain in my life. Um, sometimes there may be a reason. Sometimes there may, it may feel like there is no reason, but obviously there's something deep seated, which is causing you pain, yeah. you know, and pain that you, you experience, you obviously end up, it ends up, you know, tearing your life apart with relationships, ruining friendships. And I've done all of yeah, that stuff. Fucked everything up, you know. <laughs> yeah. But like I say, the past couple of months, I can actually start looking at, all right, it's time to sort of like get a grip on this, get a handle on it, which is why I've actually started like, you know, started doing therapy. Yeah. Uh, started talking, um, started opening up. It's the best thing I've ever done, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, I used to have a bit, a bit of, like I say, I used to pretend to be open, but I would only project or tell people what I wanted them to know. Um, whether, and usually it was out of selfish reasons for my own image reasons. And I've realized that's bullshit. It's time to actually be open, have the conversations that are difficult. Like I came out of a relationship not long ago, which I completely destroyed probably. Um, and one thing I realized that a lot of that was probably due to my closed book nature. Yeah. And I'm trying to, um, trying to open up now, trying to be a bit more open. That's like going to therapy, talking about my problems. When I see my friends and they're asking me how I am actually have telling them how I am, not just, yeah, I'm fine, let's go to the pub, actually talking about yeah. how I am. And um, it's been, like I said, probably probably the best thing I've done as part of an awakening. Don't get me wrong, I, uh, nothing's fixed, nothing's healed overnight, <laughs> but at least now I know, like, I feel like I've, I feel like I've made the right step and I'm on a bit of a journey. Yeah. And like you say, we're all on the, we're all on the path, right? It's, yeah, well, we are on the path. And I think that's something that, that a lot of people miss is that we tend to look so far like to search for what it is that, you know, we are meant to be doing. And we're always just on the path of like learning ourselves. And that's what's happening for you right now. Nothing that's happened in the past is bad. It might feel bad, but without it happening, you're never going to learn. So without these things in and in your, you know, terminology being destroyed yeah without it being destroyed i've destroyed a lot of stuff in my life a hell of a lot of stuff but then when i look at it now did i destroy it or was i learning or was i practicing a set of tools that i'd always known and nobody had taught me any different and and we were talking about this you know before about that this analogy of so I'm going to give you a set of keys to my car, but I've never taught you to drive a car before. And then I'm going to make you go and drive on the M25. And then you are going to crash into every car. And I'm then going to shout at you for crashing that car, even though I've never taught you how to drive that car. And that's kind of what's happening in life at the minute. We're being given this set of keys to try and drive our life, but no one's teaching us how to drive the like to drive in life. And yet we're crashing sometimes. Yeah. We are crashing. And sometimes we crash it real fucking good. We write that shit off. And but then everyone's telling us off for it. Yeah, quite. But, but no one's taught us how to manage that, how to like figure that out. No one's taking our hand going, do you know what? Come with me for a second. I just want to sit with you and show you that maybe this isn't working out in your relationships or this isn't, you can try this breathing technique to calm yourself down if you're getting a bit hot headed, you know, or maybe you should try this therapy session because this is going to help you overcome some of your trauma. So when we sit here and we go, do you know what? I've just, you know, I've gone around with a hammer and just 
battered everything. <laughs> have we, though? Have we really battered everything? Or have we just been doing the best that we could with the shit that we got given? You know, and and I think that's it. And what you're doing now, talking about it and, you know, going on this journey and having that authenticity about yourself to go, do you know what? I fucked up. I did. And it wasn't, you know, and it wasn't okay. And, or, you know, it doesn't feel good to me. And now what I want to do is I want to make a difference and I want to make a change. There's a lot of people that never, ever get to that in their lifetime. So you should be super, super proud of yourself. Yeah. And you, you talk about crashing the car. And <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's, it makes so much sense because essentially what the way I've lived my life and the way I'm living my life at the moment is, I'm in a state of high functioning self-destruction. Now, high, well, what, what I mean by high functioning self-destruction is, okay, I have a, you know, a relatively good job. I've got, you know, I've got an, a roof over my head, drive a nice car, whatever. But at the same time, so that's the high functioning part, but I'm still self-destructing. Yeah. And I think it's only a matter of time until it goes from high functioning self-destruction to just complete self-destruction. Yeah. You can only fuck things up so many times before eventually you lose everything. And um, that is one of the key reasons why I'm looking at like my behavior, um, my mental health, my depression, and just addressing it now because I've got a lot to, I've got a lot in life, a lot to be grateful for. Yeah. You know, don't get me wrong, I've worked hard um, and I've achieved quite a bit, but I've also, it, it can be taken away and it will be taken away from me. Not, not even taken away from me. I will give it away. <laughs> I will throw it away yeah. unless I address, you know, what it is that's, that's wrong with me. And um, I think... Going to therapy, talking about things is probably the best thing I could do because, you know, there's only so many failed relationships. There's only so many um, broken friendships and, you know, lost jobs. And before you realize, right, I've lost everything now to get to that. I don't want to ruin my life to that point where, you know, I have nothing. I have no friends. I have can't sustain a relationship. So it's got to be done. It's got to be looked at. It's got to be addressed. Um, Which is why, you know, you and me have been in talks a lot lately. You've been recommending different types of therapy, yeah. Um, which is, and even 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 just looking into therapy made me feel better. Mm. And um, I think, yeah, looking into different methods, conversing with people, it's, it's been the best thing I could do so far. I'm still fucking up. I'm still making mistakes, but it's a learning process. It is eh? a learning process. You know, we're not really fucking up, actually. We are literally just learning something new, a new way to deal with it. Without, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And, like, being a little bit kinder and, like, compassionate to yourself is, like, goes a real long way. I had to learn to be kind to myself because, you know, when when you're trying to unlearn a lot of stuff, it's, you know, it's hard and it's tiring. Oh, my God, it is tiring. <laughs> I was tired, you know, real tired. And, um, but, yeah, it's, we are just, we are doing something new. It's true. It's true. You say about being kind to yourself and that actually like rings a bell because I, I used to think that, in fact, let me rephrase that. I not used to think, I used to be so self-obsessed mm. and it would come across as sheer arrogance. Okay. I would project myself as I am the shit. I am the big I am. I am the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. Um, you know, my appearance was that important, my following. And I realized that I actually hate myself mm. to some degree. And I, I, was, I, I was asking myself earlier on, how can you be so self-obsessed and so self-centered yet hate yourself so much? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, there's, you know, and that is like, that hits deep because I remember someone asking me, um, so I was at a wedding and 
when I was younger, I um I used to get branded as quite vain, you know, and very <laughs> relatable, very self obsessed. Which you know, I don't know, I don't know if that was true. I definitely didn't feel like it. But and they were like, you know, I didn't really like you when you were younger because you know you're always looking in the mirror and you're always always trying to um you know, worry more about your appearance than what was going on around you. And I was like, I need to kind of stop you there because in actual fact, what I'm doing is I'm checking to make sure that I look okay for the outside world because, you know, I'm not I'm I'm not receiving that love. I'm not receiving that compassion or kindness. So I want to try and make sure that, you know, I look okay. So, you know, so I can try and get that. And it's the same thing. I, I, I hated myself inside. And, but I'd never been taught any of this, like, self-love stuff. Yeah, quite. So you we're running around again, like, really blind, trying to figure this out. And as we were growing up, you know, that's, you know, we were just coming into that era of social media just starting. I can't even begin to imagine what that is like now. Yeah, the Instagram generation, right. as I call it. Yeah, and that's not that's not our generation, but it started with the MySpace and Bebo and the selfies, <laughs> you know, we just got camera camera phones. But, you know, so it's it's it started on this image like like thing and that's what the world was teaching me. It was teaching me that I had to show up and be perfect all of the time. And then maybe, maybe someone might love you. Maybe someone might tell you that you're worthy and that you're okay and that life is going to change. Maybe. 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 Oh, shit, that makes me well up <laughs> because it, it, it hits home. It's so, I've, you know, trying to have perfect teeth, perfect hair, perfect face, perfect clothes, you know, this model image that I try and present myself it's all been because I didn't like myself and I wanted to be loved. Yeah. And I thought, right, if I can make myself as attractive as possible, if I can try and project myself as confident as possible, maybe someone will love me. Yeah. It's all to try and be loved. Mm. And then when you do actually get someone that loves you or you do have people around you, you don't actually don't feel it. No. You know, people will shower you with compliments. People will care about you. And you still, you're still chasing this idea of perfection to, you know, how, how highly you regard yourself, you're still chasing something and you, it's, a, it's an endless cycle. You never actually catch it. It, it never makes you feel better. You, you're always, uh, always, you know, searching for something and you think, right, maybe if, uh, maybe if my teeth are a little bit whiter, mm. you know, maybe if I've got, you know, uh, some nicer tattoos, maybe if I'm uh, a little bit more muscular, maybe if I've lost a little bit more fat, maybe if my face is a little more shaped and a little bit more sculpted, you're constantly chasing it. And, you know, it got to the point, I thought, this is just, this is fucking ridiculous now. Mm. I've recently uh, gone on a bit of a journey and decided I'm giving up social media. Not giving up as in signing out of everything, but yeah. giving up the algorithm stuff, the hashtags, the likes. Like, mm. I'm completely done with that all now. I'm going to use my platform just to just to be Nick. Be Nick. That's all I want to do now is I want to be Nick. I want to mm. nurture the friendships I have grow relationships, help people, inspire people, you know, achieve what I can in my job and my, my career and just be Nick because trying to be this, this perfect fucking Instagram walking, talking <laughs> advert is just, it's a crock of shit to be honest, Jess. It's wild. <laughs> I do, you know, I, I had a mini meltdown before we started cause I'm scared that my face is going to be on this. So, you know, but that's it. That again, that's, that's my stuff. I, I was the opposite of that. I didn't think I was, I was pretty enough or good enough to be, um, you know, talk, even talking about this stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and and that's been a journey for me to try and learn that I am good enough. What I say 
does make a little bit of sense. Sometimes I waffle on all the time. You know, I'm like, I'm like, everybody needs to learn about mental health. You know, love yourself. And yeah. that's it, you know. And what you were just saying then about, the, you know, the social media stuff and, and the trying to look perfect. It With anything, you know, with us trying to catch that love from someone else, with that, you know, wanting to be showered with love from, from people off of social media... Even like this today for me, like being absolutely terrified to to have my face on a camera, like none of that is anything other than a, a me problem. You know, I need to love myself so wholeheartedly that what anybody else thinks of me doesn't matter. You know, I will only be able to catch that love from someone else because I know what that feels like inside of my body. I've learned to love myself and then I can go, do you know what? That's, I feel that. Yeah. I, I do feel that because I now know what it feels like to be like, oh, oh, you know, gratitude. I do like, the gratitude has taught me self-love. Like I revel in that shit. I'm like, I'm so fucking grateful for, you know, <laughs> for everything. Yeah. The other day I was grateful for hot water because like I didn't have any hot water for like a day and I was like, oh my God, grateful that shit is lovely, especially in winter. But, you know, that gratitude and that love for the little things, the things that do set my soul on fire, the things that do mean something to me, gathering that love for, for that and then that love for what that those little things can do for me will generate that self-love. Like, being grateful that I have two eyes, a nose, a mouth, ears, arms, legs. I'm learning to love this on me, you know, not what that is. I'm really grateful that you've got it too, but that's not my job. My job is to make sure that I I love me and not in an arrogant sort. And I don't even think that shit's true. You know, we. I think we've just hashed out that what that actually is, is yeah. real low self-esteem. Low self-esteem and yeah. insecurity. <laughs> insecurity. Yeah, it's not arrogance. It's not It's not any of that. What it is, is it is. It's low self-esteem. So, you know, and we're taught that if we love ourselves, that's wrong. Yeah, Ugh. quite, quite, yeah. And I think that comes down to, like I said, people do class it as arrogant. Um but I'm I'm just learning now to try and care about myself and yes. love myself because I've gone through a large part of my adult life hating myself. Mm. And it's been hard to admit that. But it, it's become quite apparent recently that I don't really like myself very much. And I'm just learning to learn to learning to like myself and to love myself for me. And like I said, just being Nick. Yeah. And it's taken a long time to to do that. And there's there's so much like bullshit that I've had to go through. And um, it, it's like I say, it's, it's 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 part of being insecure. It's part of being insecure, um, having those deep-seated issues with yourself. And no one wants. It's not nice to not like yourself because no. it is the, it is the hardest feeling to loathe yourself. Like not not dislike yourself, but to loathe yourself. You know, when you look at the person and the person looking back in the mirror, and you're just ashamed to look at yourself mm. and to think what sort of person you are. And, I'm going through a transition now where I'm thinking, what sort of man do I want to be? Yeah. What sort of man do I want to present myself as? What sort of life do I want to lead? And um, it's only after fucking a lot of things up that I've decided I don't want to be that sort of man anymore. And uh, it, it's, it's the journey I'm on. You know, I'd like to say that I'm not a finished product, but I'm still right at the start. Yeah. Uh, to the, like I said, this is this is literally so recent for me. 
and talking about this and actually coming here today is such a big deal because I think one of the reasons that I fucked up uh, my previous relationships is because I've been such a closed book and I never wanted to talk about things. I never wanted to talk about my trauma. So being here today and even taking this step is, uh, it feels so good. It's, it feels refreshing, relieving. Huge. I feel like I've, it's like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Oh, I love that for you. Yeah. With that, do you think, you know, when you're talking about the man that you want to be, do you think that that, stigma about you having to be strong you having to be the provider you having to be this you know persona of strength and do you think that that plays a massive part in it taking you a long time to to want to speak out and to want to share that you know that things aren't feeling okay inside of yourself yeah I think so from, from like a male mental health perspective I think it is difficult um is there, there's the thing is like I said to you about myself earlier. There's a lot mm. of there's a lot of bravado, a lot of bullshit around there. Mm. Like um, people speaking about mental health, people saying that it's okay to not be okay, people saying men need to be more open. But no um, one's. And I was raised by a, a single father, so it was just me and him for a lot of my childhood upbringing. Okay. So I I was raised to just see my dad's a great man, um, love him to pieces. And, you know, we, we could connect every now and then, but we never really de- like dove deep into our emotions. Um, we never really dove deep into what was going on, how we were feeling. Mm. I'm, I'm thinking back, like, we'd ask each other, how do you feel? Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. Or now I feel a bit shit and pissed off. But it would never actually be like an open conversation. Mm. And I think for men in particular, it can be very hard to open up. Um, because for one, like I said, the Instagram generation... Everyone, you know, everyone's posting fucking selfies and quotes and stuff about positivity. But when you start to actually open up, a lot of people can just brandish you as uh, an attention seeker, or you're just doing it for the likes. You're doing it for right. the gram, which is why I'd never. Sometimes I, I, I was so conflicted about wanting to talk openly and not wanting to talk openly because I didn't want people to think I was attention seeking. I didn't want people to think I was just doing it for the gram. Yeah. You know, because. To be honest, maybe I would have been. Like I said, I, was, I wasn't I was doing what needed to be done. So maybe I was just doing it for the gram. But now I'm at a stage of like, like I said, giving up on the social media. Like, fuck it, I'm going to talk about things. I'm going to open up. Um, I encourage all other men to do it. Like, I've been speaking to some mates lately who haven't seen me like quite as often. And um, when we're sitting down having a beer or whatever, I'm talking to them. I'm telling them openly like what's been going through my head, telling them how I'm feeling. And they're so taken back by, whoa, I never realized. Like, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, because... I'm not, you know, I'm not doing enough to actually open up about it. And I, I, I know why like a lot of men kill themselves because it's so fucking difficult. No one wants to seem soft and no one wants to seem weak. Uh, showing emotion being a sign of weakness is generally how people look at men are conditioned to think. Mm. Obviously that's changing a lot now, but, um, I think, uh, I think, you know, just having these conversations is probably the first thing you can do to start, you know, opening up for other men and anyone who ever wants to speak to me for listening to this, Drop me a DM, seriously. I posted something on my Instagram today um, just talking about going to therapy. So I said, going to my first therapy session after suffering with depression and addiction, I'm finally taking the right steps. And I'm literally overwhelmed. Mm. Like, it actually is making me cry. I'm overwhelmed with how much positive messages I've got. Like, how many people were messaging me, respect, showing respect, um, offering their support. And, you know, people don't have to do that. I, I've posted pictures like modeling for fancy brands and I've never ever received the sort of support that today when I just openly said, 
I'm going to therapy. I have depression. And I, I can't, I can't, like, literally, my, my inbox was flooded with so many kind words, people, like, offering support. It, it's crazy. It's actually crazy. And that's made me realise that it's it's okay to not be okay, but it's okay to talk about not being okay. Yeah. There's, there's, it's, there's admitting that you're not okay is one thing, but then there's actually saying, I'm not okay. I am not fucking okay. And telling people you're not fucking okay. Whether you, because I, I use social media as a bit of an outlet just to, you know, get my thoughts out. It's like a bit of a, like a, a public diary, shall we say. Okay. And um, it is now anyway. It's beforehand, it was just like a modern <laughs> portfolio, like a professional platform. Like, don't get me wrong, if you have a professional platform, that's what you use Instagram for your business, your brand, I understand that, but that's not what my business or my brand is. So I thought, why am I doing this shit? And now I'm going to use it as, like I say, like to, to update my people on how I'm going. You know, I'm going to post like videos addressing, addressing how I'm feeling, what I've discussed in therapy, um, just... Like I say, because I want to share that with the world. I want to be open. I want to use it as an outlet to express myself. I'm a creative individual and I want to use that as my platform to be creative and talk about it. And hopefully it will encourage people, like I say, to do the same. Absolutely. And uh, like I say, men out there, if you're listening to this, um, I hope it encourages you to do the same. No, I love that. And yeah, I think it's, I think it is very, uh, you know, very very important subject mental health as a whole like i eat breathe sleep this stuff it's hard and i think it is a, it is a topic that needs to be to be spoken about across the board you know we should be opening up these conversations and you know and like i really love what you say about this like asking if we're okay and um there's a funny story on this actually it's not funny at all it's actually a bit <laughs> sad um but i um I used to be that person. Like, I was so shut off from the world. Like, who I am today is not who I used to be. And it was, um, yeah, it's, it's, sorry, I'm just like, well, yeah, it's, it's huge. Cause, and people used to ask me how I was. And my response was, why? <laughs> like, why do you want to know? Yeah. Why do you, why? What do you want from me? You know, I was, it was hard to be in that place because I'd only experienced pain and suffering for a really long time. And whenever anyone wanted to know about me or be around me, it, it, I don't know whether that was me manifesting, you know, I do a lot on law of attraction and maybe I was manifesting it because I was like, oh, nobody loves me, you know, type thing. But it was my experience at the time, you know, and it was my experience because that was the relationship with with my mother and it it was that it was destructive and whenever anyone that I, that I opened my heart to and I would let them in and it felt like it was always getting crushed and I was like, nah, do you know what? None of you, none of you get any of this anymore. No one. So I don't, you're, I'm, you're not going to know anything about me. I'm not even going to tell you how I feel anymore because that feels like it's a, a gateway to me getting hurt again. And that's a sad place to be in. It is, yeah. It you is know? very sad. It's a lonely place it to be. It is a lonely place to be in. And, oh, sorry. But, yeah, it, like... You end up being a lone. You end up being a lonely person. You may have people around you. You can have a girlfriend, a boyfriend, whatever. You can have friends around you, but you're still... You still, to some degree, you've probably without realizing, are isolated. Completely. Um, you're an isolated individual because you don't open up. Like, and I look at some of the things I've, uh, like, you know, I look back at previous relationships and lost loves and old flames or whatever, and I think about why did that, or even friendships as well. Why did that 
go wrong? Why did that go south? And um, I hate to admit this, like, you know, because it's a tough pill to swallow, but I think a lot of those things have probably fucked up due to my own isolation mm. in one way or another. Um, it wasn't always like this. You know, I, was, I used to be very open. I used to, and then, like you say, trying to not be hurt, right? No one's getting anything now. Yeah. People have to try trying to get blood from a stone, <laughs> trying to get get to know the real Nick, get to know what's actually going on inside that head and inside yeah. that heart. Um, but, you know, when once you do open up, like, it's just so relieving, you know? I, I feel relieved being here that. and actually being able to talk about this with, you know, and I, I have no, um, I have no, uh, what's the word, delusion that, you know, my parents, my friends might not see this, you know? So it's uh, like, it's good to actually be able to get this all out and just be honest about it. Yeah. And um, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm always going to, moving forward, I'm going to have those conversations now, you know. Um, so to my friends watching this, if I start getting a bit irritating because I'm talking to you all the time and I'm being a bit open with how I'm feeling, now you know why. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so funny. Someone told me off the other day because they were like, you always speak your mind, Jess, and it's really annoying. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a you problem, <laughs> you know. No, it does because, do you know, what is wrong with with saying how you feel? What is wrong? Obviously, like, no over, like, not too much overshare. You know, we've got to learn those boundaries, you know, get really boundaried. But it's okay to say, you know, to start opening up that, that dialogue of being like, hey, this is who I am now. You know, this is how I feel. You're going to have to start talking a lot because you're going to have to start setting boundaries. You know, hey, that doesn't work for me anymore. You know, the way that I let you treat me before not working for me anymore and we do that in a kind and compassionate way and we go do you know what if you can't change that then I'm gonna have to remove myself for a minute and people are gonna start you know we're gonna start leading by example because then people are gonna start setting boundaries with you and go do you know what Nick that's not working for me maybe we should you know try and do this another way or I can't support you right now because I don't have the tools and you'll go thank you so much for telling me that instead of ignoring me because that's what you'd normally do because we were unable to have a conversation and communicate you know so I think it's it's good that you're doing all of this and it's good that we're talking about it because when we start talking about it we start evoking change and then someone else is going to hear it and they're going to go do you know what oh my god I felt like that yeah, quite, quite. People are going to relate and then people are going to do, you know, have those same conversations and open up a little bit. Absolutely. And that's probably why you've got so much response on social media about you talking about mental health and what you're going through is because that is authentic. Yeah. You know, that is what people want to see and hear. They want to hear what is actually going on for you because... Who, you know, who really cares about, <laughs> Your like... highly edited image, yeah. No, oh, bleh, no one cares. Yeah. Like, and uh, it's... They don't. Like, and I, I don't know if that's just my experience. I don't. I'm the worst person on social media. Oh, my God. Like, it's awful how bad at social media I am. But I... What my purpose is, and I think my purpose will be going forward, is to, is to share this stuff. And I want to be able to do that so other people can go, hey, that happened to me. I want to be authentic. I want to have integrity. And by doing that, we like what I was saying earlier, we, we get to lead by example. We Someone spoke to me when I was in a dark place. They saved my life. Imagine if by us saying that this really hard shit stuff happened and someone else can go, do you know what? 
oh my God, I feel the same way, then we're able to potentially help that person too. And I want that to be this ripple effect of, you know, this project of Meet Your Mind is it is our responsibility to do what we need to do to heal ourselves. But it's also really, really kind to let other people know how we did that. Yeah, quite, quite. Because it is. there's no rule book, like you say, on, on how to go about getting help or where to start with this sort of stuff. Um, like I'm only learning right now. There's different options you have. There's mm. different methods. Where do you start? Where do you begin? It can be a bit daunting. Um, I think number one step is always just accepting. I think accept. You know, I, I'm opening up to myself a lot as well. A lot of this is being honest with myself. A lot of this is not even just to other people. A lot of this is trying to understand myself, trying to understand who is Nick, who am I, who am I talking to when I'm, you know, having a conversation. And I'm getting there. I'm getting there. The ticks are starting. The nervous ticks are starting to go away. Mm. Um, I'm starting to feel better every day. And I think just admitting, like, relieving that control and being able to just, you know, assess it and try and take the right steps is, is so refreshing. Because otherwise, like I say, it's, it's exhausting being in pain. Being in pain is exhausting. And for the first time, I don't feel completely exhausted, which is nice. Mm. Like I said, we went back to work after Christmas at the start of the week. And um, like I said, I'm going through the transition. I signed up, turned my computer on, and I thought, right. <sighs> looked at trips to Mexico, looked at how much money I had <laughs> in the bank, and thought, you know, Mexico's looking all right this time of year. And I thought, no. I can't, I can't escape. I can't do the running away. I need to actually assess what's going on um, because it wasn't my job that made me unhappy. It wasn't going to work that made me unhappy. It wasn't where I was you know, physically in the room that made me unhappy. There was obviously something else which has caused a deep-seated unhappiness. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to find out where that is at the moment. Um, I'm still looking into what it might be that's caused it, where the trauma is. There's clearly some trauma. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, we're, we're looking into that at the moment, so... No, that's great, and it's and it's good to. I I fucking love therapy. Like, oh my god, I think it's the best thing that that um that is out there. Like, I I do a talking therapy doesn't work for me. I learned that a long time ago because I talk a lot. I don't know if you noticed. Like, I chat <laughs> all the time, and um, I was like, this isn't working for me. I can't talk my way out of this problem anymore and that's just my story some people can and I found EMDR therapy and that's you know a little bit holistic it's the psychotherapy and that and that worked for me and it worked a, a lot quicker than any talking therapies ever did for me it was hectic in my head I was you know pure abandonment was going on for me and um so I, I definitely I think yeah, therapy and, and looking at this stuff. A lot of the work that I've been doing over the last couple of years has shown me that the majority of our unhappiness and, you know, self-destructive behavior or feeling bored, boredom, interesting, like feeling right there, you know, all of these things that are not, you know, with... Them on their own are fine. You know, we have we are feeling beings. We're supposed to feel. You know, we have the capacity to feel many emotions and, you know, that is our superpower. But you can't unpack and live in anxiety or depression or self you know, you can't you can't do that because then it becomes unhealthy. And that I think is 
they're the tools we should be learning at school. Like, yeah. show me how many times I've used pi, like, or I don't even know what it is. Like, what had the calculation? I don't even, I don't even know. But show me how many times in my adult life I have used, um, oh, algebra. You know, like not something I've ever used. But you know what I could have done with is learning about how to. Um, manage my emotions or regulate exactly. my thoughts and and we're having to sit on a podcast I've had to set up a whole fucking company <laughs> so, you know I'm, I'm doing this because there's a lot of people like us that are suffering and the worst thing about that is they don't even know why they're suffering and if you don't know why you're suffering how the fuck do you expect to get the help on the thing that you don't even know exactly that mind blown and like that, that, like you say like then we're not taught this sort of stuff at school we, you know you talk about i remember growing up you talk about nutrition and exercise and i don't think up. i was there that day oh, <laughs> <laughs> but now we talk about like you know what's healthy for us we talk yeah. about what's healthy for our bodies you know fuck we even talk about sex edu- talk about sex education like yeah. you know safe sex but we're not taught about emotional well-being we're not taught about um, like you know well maybe in some progressive country you are but <laughs> to my knowledge i don't know of anyone who's been taught growing up about how to assess and look at your mental health no um, how to take care of your mental health, how to keep yourself from being unhappy. If you are unhappy, how do I deal with that unhappiness? Mm. I, I, I'm learning, I'm having to learn this now at 32 fucking years old as an adult. Mm. Like, I imagine how my childhood would have been and like, you know, in my 20s, and my, my late teenage years would have been if I'd known this younger. I think of the sort of life that I could have had. And obviously there's nothing wrong with the life I've had. You know, I've had a very good life, but um, I think about what sort of person I'd be if I'd known this at a younger age. But like I say, we can't change the past. Yeah. All I can do now is change the future. I can try and be, like I said, going back, being the man I want to be, being the version of Nick, which I think is, you know, the best version of myself. Mm. And But actually meaning it, you know, because it's so easy to say this shit, but <laughs> yeah. without actually assessing it and actually thinking, what does this mean? And doing it. And doing it, yeah. Like, actually do the work. Jeez, I can't... I If I had a pound for every time I've told someone to do the fucking work, I'd be real rich like and that's it that like it's the work your job your one job is to figure out how you're feeling if it feels good then super like buzzing for you majority are good that's good you do you know you're doing some really good self-care self-love stuff right there if it feels bad then that's our responsibility to look at what that means for us yeah. Why do I feel bad? You know, and not it doesn't always need to be trauma. Like, but sometimes it is, you know, the the majority of the time people don't even know that they've had trauma. Like, and that really like gets me. And to be honest, like I got diagnosed with complex PTSD as I was telling you, and when the when I got diagnosed with it, I was like, "No, I don't have that." <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, what just happened in my brain? Like I am subconsciously telling myself that that can't be true because I didn't go into combat, you know, in the army. Now that is what my subconscious is telling me. So imagine like people going through their lives that have had even an element of trauma. And trauma can look like you tripping up at school. And you falling over and your whole class laughing at you. That is going to be traumatic for you if you go into shame and guilt and all of that. And you store that in your body. That is trauma. 
you know, and then obviously trauma goes, there's a big long scale of it. But some people aren't even aware that they've got that trauma, you know. So how are we even trying to look for something that we don't even know that we have? And like what you were saying about nutrition as well, like sometimes we don't feel good. This gets me all the time. I don't know about you, but I get hangry. Like <laughs> I, and it is a real fucking problem for me. And I do, I get hangry. And so it's, it's about asking ourselves the questions. Do I feel good? No. Okay. What does my body need? What does my soul need? Do I need food? No. Do I need water? No. Do I need this? Do I need this? Do I need this? Like a little checklist. Do yeah. I need these things? And, you know, if you've done all of those things and you still feel like shit, then you know that there's something internal happening for you. So you need to go and have a look at that. Our responsibility. No one else is going to make me happy. Like, unless I am doing that work, you know, unless you bring me a cheeseburger when I'm hungry, that's going to make me, like, super happy. But that's the point of this stuff. It's like acknowledging like you've done, like I've done, that there is a problem and then going to do that work. That's it. That's our job. Everything else will come. The love, the money, the job, the career, whatever that looks like that people want, it comes. Yeah. But it's not coming if you are in self-destruction, survival mode, 24 hours a day, because you can't even see it's it. absurd. When you're in that place of pure pain and longing, it's a longing, you know, we are longing for something different. We are longing to feel better. We are longing for love. We are longing for connection and feeling. That's what you're longing for. And when you are continuously attacked by that pain and that lack of all of these things, you know, it would make sense. It did make sense to me. You know, I was in so much pain. I did not want to, you know, uh, the thought process in my head was if I've got to do this every single day for the rest of my life, tap me out now. I'm done. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to feel like this. There is no way that I have, you know, been born into this, like, life to feel like shit every day so that becomes our normal so you know and we're pretty resilient beings you know we are we we will sit through that for a really long time yeah and we survive it you know and i i hate the saying you know it makes you stronger i used to say do you know what i'm sick of being strong i used to say that i used to stop telling me this is making me stronger why don't you find me a solution or help me find a solution so I don't have to feel like this anymore. I don't think it does make you stronger either. It do- I, I've, I look at all of the fucking hurt that I've experienced in my life, um, whether it be childhood hurt, adult hurt, whatever. I look at the, the experiences that are painful to me. Mm. Where, you know, just Like I said, there's going to be a different degree of pain. What's pain to me might not be pain to you. But yeah. I still look at the thing that's pain to me, what's caused me pain. Whether it can be something simple like um, you know abandonment issues yeah. or where it can be something like uh, you know, dent in my car, whatever. The fact is, it's pain to me. And when I look back, I think, does that has that made me any stronger? And I think, no, it's made me a fucking mess. It's made me weak as a fucking, as a leaf in the wind, you know? It hasn't made me stronger in the slightest. It's made me weak. It's made me insecure. It's made me weary. It's made me tired. It's yeah. made me, you know, so that whole 
it makes you stronger thing. I, I'm starting to realise now it doesn't make you stronger. It makes you fragile. It yeah. makes you incredibly fragile, emotionally fragile. Strength does come like, from from it, but it, that comes later. Yeah, you know, yeah. it comes from the healing part of you. Once you've sat down and you've gone, okay, this this isn't okay. This wasn't all right. This didn't feel good. You know, this person really overstepped the mark on this, or you know, I can't fathom why someone would treat me like that you know and when we go through all of these these feelings and these emotions to heal then we gather that strength yeah but why the fuck do we need to get to that weak spot yeah in order to, to in order to gain that strength like that is what doesn't make sense to me like and i think but by having conversations like this and by talking about what this stuff looks like for us, we allow that that conversation conversation to be to be a little bit more deep, to be a little bit more honest, to be a little bit more okay. Like it it is okay. This stuff, but this stuff, even when we're talking about it, like to be honest, I'm a bit like, oh, I don't know if we can talk about that. <gasps> you know, because that is how like, and I. Like I was saying, like th this is my company, like this is my life. I yeah, live yeah. by this shit, but still, I know how society has been programmed to believe that we should not talk about this stuff because it's not right or it's not going to be seen as good or people are going to judge us. Like, uh, and that is what like sends my brain wild. Yeah, you were saying you said something there about. Or, you know, things that that doesn't feel good mm. like and I'm still in a process of learning right so I, I, I do something for instance let's just say let's use an example I go out I drink too much and next day I think this doesn't feel right mm. this doesn't feel good but then I'll go out and do it again yeah. I'm still trying to learn why I am doing things that make me not feel good mm. like a lot of my um, behaviour or actions I'm doing doesn't make me feel good in life that's a lot That's that aids in the self-loathing that aids in the hating yourself mm. because I do things that don't make me feel good you know whether it's part-time happiness whether it feels good at the time but then feels awful afterwards whatever it is but I'm still engaging in those activities or those that those behaviors which don't make me feel good and I think the most the best thing that for about therapy for me is learning why am I turning to these things why am I doing things that don't make me feel good is it you know, because like I said, it is a form of escapism, but I'm trying to understand what it is that's that makes me keep repeating bad decisions. Why do yeah. I keep repeating my bad behaviors? And I think once you get to this, the, the root of that and understanding it, it really does help. Yeah. And um, that's probably something that I'm starting to learn. I'm still learning it every day at the moment. But uh, the more I talk about it, the more I'm starting to assess myself. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking, for instance, uh, um, how I'm feeling. I'm assessing it, thinking, right, how's that going to make me feel? Is that going to make me feel bad? Am I going to feel like shit if I do that? Yeah. And I'm asking myself, all right, so so why am I going to do it? And that's pretty much what happens. <laughs> you have to ask yourself that question. How is this going to make me feel? And why am I doing it? Absolutely. And that is what I'm assessing at the moment, yeah. No, I completely, I completely agree. And that's just learning. You're just learning a new way of being. You're just yeah. unlearning a lot of things and relearning some new things. And I think that's... That's fantastic. Yes. <laughs> so we are going to wrap this up. Thank you again so much, Nick, for coming and um, being a part of the Meet Your Mind online podcast. No, Jess, thank you very much for having me. Uh, thank you very much for all the support and help you've given me. 
Um, you've literally helped me. You're helping me transform my life day by day. And I couldn't be on this journey without you. Um, like I said, it's a, a lot of it's down to me, but you are helping and assisting. If anyone is having issues or if anyone needs advice, then I encourage him to reach out to me. Your mind, seriously. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye now.